Hi there, sweethearts. It's Andrea. I want to thank you for joining me here again on Sweetheart Soul Sessions. Today we are talking about something that I never thought I would discuss on here. (laughs) I don't think that I was ready to discuss it on here. I don't think it was something that was even within my little toolbox of divine inspiration. But alas, here we are. And over the course of about a week or so, I kept asking for some spiritual guidance in regards to what to speak on for this episode. And I just want you guys to know that anything that I talk about here is intuitively led. Everything that I share with you, I feel um, a natural pull, a natural draw, divine inspiration to to discuss with you. And I hope that some of it has resonated with you and spoken to you. But I'm turning inward. I find that over the past month or so, I am shifting. And you may feel the shift as well. I want to get away from advice giving. I want to get away from the guru complex. I want to get away from that. No one is our savior. Not one person walking this earth right now is our savior. And not one person out there has the perfect solution for us and all of the things that we think about day in and day out. So I have found that looking inward and looking at the things that arise within me and speaking on that, in turn, helps the people that are going through that same situation or maybe are in my soul group and they get it on a certain level. So that's what I want to do from now on with Sweetheart Soul Sessions and with you is I want to speak about things that are, that are arising within me, inspired within me. And then if I feel divinely led to share them, I will. In this particular episode, we're going to be discussing forgiveness. And it's forgiveness with a twist. Because it's forgiveness in the realm of individuals that maybe are not sorry. Individuals that maybe don't even know that they've hurt us. When I work with my theater students, I tell them all of the time when they play a villain, I always say, you have to love the villain. You have to love this character. You have to get to know the villain and not judge them. Because even the villain thinks that they're right. They feel justified in what they're doing. And even though we as audience members don't like the villain, the villain is against our hero at some level, that villain is misunderstood. In their perspective, they're doing everything right. In their perspective, they're the hero. And our hero is the villain. So it's kind of interesting to think about people that hurt us and the fact that they might not even understand that they've hurt us. Because from their perspective, they see it differently. I guess that's just a really interesting way of saying there's two sides to every story. (laughs) So 
speaking of stories, here's a little bit of mine that led me to discuss this with you today. And again, this is not anything that I'm vocal about. I haven't seen my biological father since I was 10 years old. I was in fifth grade. It was my graduation. I was living in New York City. And he came to my fifth grade graduation barbecue in the backyard. And I wore quirky little shorts and a quirky little shirt. I think it had some sort of 90s triangles on them. It was pretty rad. (laughs) And I had glasses, my reading glasses, and my hair chopped into a a bob. (laughs) And thinking back, I was embarrassed for a lot of years about looking quirky and awkward and not looking my best in front of him. And I have learned to not judge that part of myself. I think that came from a place of hurt or a place of not feeling good enough, that if maybe I was prettier or if I had more expensive clothing or if I had long, flowing, gorgeous hair and no glasses, that maybe he would have visited me more or I would have had a better relationship or it wouldn't have been as hard. You know, in our 10-year-old minds, we think all sorts of things that over the years we have to process and come to terms with. So I haven't seen him since I was 10, and I will be 37 this October. To say those words is insane to me. It's crazy. And I'm not going to get into the story of how that all came about and um, why he was not a center focus parental figure in my life. To talk about that would take a long time, and it's, it's besides the point of what I want to get at with you today. It's, it's, not the, it's not the root. The root of this is coming to terms with something that I have carried since a child and that I had carried into adulthood and not having contact with this person and not knowing their perspective, thinking most of my life that they have been the villain, thinking most of my life that they have made other choices and didn't want to be involved or couldn't be involved, I don't have the answers. And when I became a mother 14 years ago, I wanted answers. Becoming a parent myself cracked open this egg within me, cracked open this this shell, and all of these emotions came out. All of these emotions came to the surface. How, How I looked at my babies and I said, how could anybody not be involved? How could anybody walk away? How could anybody not have contact? And I was feeling very judgmental and I was feeling very angry. I wanted to stay in that headspace of anger so that I could do something. I could get some sort of justification or explanation from him or from my mom. And my mom was an active, central focus, parental figure in my life. And I still had questions for her and questions that she couldn't even answer. Or maybe it was too difficult for her to answer. Either way, I was mad. 
And what do we do when we're mad? Yup, I wrote a letter. (laughs) I wrote a letter. I sat down at the computer and I furiously typed everything that I loved about becoming a mother and everything that I loved when I looked at my children as they were babies and how I wanted to protect them and nurture them and watch them grow up and see them grow into these incredible adults. And I still believe all of those things. I am supremely passionate about those things. But I wrote this letter with my whole self. But my whole self was angry. I was living in resentment. I was living in blame. I was not stepping into my potential as a person because I was living within this headspace of I have to be justified. I have to get justification for not having this person play the role in my life that they were supposed to play. And I have an amazing stepdad. He's been in my life since I was two years old. Again, part of my soul group. Someone that barely knows me looks at me at two years old and says, she can be my daughter. And that's a beautiful blessing. And I'm forever grateful for that. I always will be. So I want you to understand that I wasn't pissed off at my biological father for robbing me of the opportunity of having a father figure because I had one. I was pissed off because I didn't know why. I wanted him to be sorry. I wanted him to say, I'm sorry for all the things you didn't know or all the things you don't know or never having an explanation. So I wrote this letter. And what do we do when we write these letters? We, we let our friends and our family read them and we sit around like a bunch of, I don't even know, like a bunch of little like crows. That's what I was going to say. And we sit there and we squawk and we caw at all of these things that we wrote down and we cackle. And it was a pity party. It was a pity party, but it was doused in anger. So my aunt, when she read the letter, and my aunt is very near and dear to my heart. She's my mom's older sister. So essentially she was like a second mother to me growing up. She told, she read the letter and we all stood there quietly. And of course I'm like, yeah, she's going to love this. She's going to love this letter. She's going to think, yeah, you tell him, you, you give, you let him have it. You know, all that stuff, all that stuff that I, all that resentment and blame that I was just steeping in. She read the letter and then she says to me, don't send this. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Don't, don't send this. Like you've been with me since I was born. You saw that my mom was 19 years old, parentless. She lived with you. And you're telling me to not step into telling him off. And let me explain something. The letter that I wrote, there was no profanity in it. It was very eloquent. It was very intellectually comprised. It said very pointed things about, you know, being a parent and what that role means and being genuine and authentic. It was not an FU letter. It wasn't. So when my aunt said, don't send this, I was shocked. 
And then I was, I fell even farther into victimhood. Oh, my own aunt and my own mother, they don't want, you know, well, my mom, my mom said it was fine to send, of course, because she was probably feeling some of those same emotions as me. But when my aunt said, don't send it, I'm like, I felt even more, I felt misunderstood. Nobody wants me to have this justification. Nobody wants me to finally get my sorry. And so it added even more anger to what I was already feeling. And just recently, and I'm saying with this shift that I talked about at the beginning of this episode, I'm realizing that we all have, we all walk around with these scars, you know, everything that happens like this, we walk around with a scar, another scar, another scar. And these scars hold these stories within them. And part of us loves to tell them. Part of us loves to say, guess what this person did to me? You're not going to believe what he said. You're not going to believe what she did. Part of us loves that. It's a sick, twisted part of us, but it's there. We love the scars sometimes. The story has seasoned us. It gives us depth. We think... If we wear this scar like a badge of honor, people will see I was once a victim. Look how strong I am. It's like a reverse psychology for the people around us. If I'm bogged down by all of these things and I let you know this, you'll think I'm strong. And I had this epiphany, guys, recently. I can be strong without those scars. I can be strong just because I am. I don't have to have been a child of a single mother at birth to be strong. Because it's actually false strength if you think about it. If you have to emphasize what you've been through in order for people to think that you're strong, that's kind of a facade, isn't it? Because there's plenty of stories that go on behind closed doors of strength that nobody ever knows about. To me, that's genuine strength. And I think that sometimes the challenges that we embark on when we step up to the plate and say, I'm going to deal with this. I think that is true strength. The challenges where you say, okay, I can choose to run away from this or I can choose to get up to bat. I think that is extreme bravery versus victimhood strength. Victimhood strength is look what happened to me. This person was mean to me. This person gossiped about me. This person stole something from me. This person ruined this for me but I got through it, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them a piece of my mind. Look how strong I am standing up to them. To me, I think that's a facade, and you may disagree, but I think talking about how strong you are, but staying a victim, or, a, or advertising the victimhood, look what happened to me, look what this person did. I think it's fake strength.
choosing to not run away, stepping up and facing the issue, looking at it in the eye, examining it, saying, why are you a conflict for me? Why does this want to be a scar? Why is this part of my story and what can I do about it? I think that's bravery and strength. So alas, I keep saying that a lot in this episode. I must be feeling very profound. So forgiveness. I looked up the definition because I wanted to know exactly. We say forgiveness a lot, right? Like your whole life, if you had a dollar every time you've ever said forgive, forgiveness, or anything like that, or you're forgiven, maybe not so much (laughs) you're forgiven. That's the harder thing to say. But forgiveness or forgive we probably have a stockpile of money, right? It's a word that we say frequently. I wanted, to, I wanted to know where it came from. I wanted to know how this, what does it mean? Forgiveness. Because there's, there's two words in that. So the definition of forgiveness lends itself to a, a root word. And I'm not going to get on it in an English lesson with you. All you need to know <laughs> is that it comes from the word pardon, P-A-R-D-O-N, pardon, which I'm sure you've heard also, pardon me or um, offering up a pardon for something. And that translation from medieval Latin means to give wholeheartedly. To give wholeheartedly. That means you're, you're, you're granting something with your whole heart. I don't know about you, but that reminds me of love. And maybe that's why it's so hard to forgive. Because we have to do what I tell my theater kids. We have to love the villain. We have to be in in a space of non-judgment for the villain. We have to see their perspective. That they're misunderstood or that they have their own scars and their own stories, which leads to their own choices. And sometimes we find it very hard to even understand that, let alone love it. Let alone give it anything from our heart, even a piece of it, let alone the whole thing. But what I've learned from looking at this subject is that forgiveness, and maybe you've heard this before, is not something that you are giving wholeheartedly to the other, to the other person. Forgiveness is something that you're giving wholeheartedly to yourself. To give the whole of your heart and moving forward. I see it as taking maybe a heart that's broken, making it whole again, giving yourself that gift to give wholeheartedly to yourself. There's a J.K. Rowling quote, and I'm going to paraphrase and actually kind of just give you my spin on it. So this is not a direct quote, but she has a quote out there um, that's basically the gist of there's an expiration date on blaming your parents for things. There comes a time when you're an adult and at some point the responsibility to live your best life becomes your own. 
And that hits different, doesn't it? How many years will you go saying, I can't live up to my full potential because this person did this or that person did that? Now, I want to be very clear. I'm not speaking on trauma, okay? Because trauma is completely a different animal. Healing from trauma is its own universe, I'm speaking about forgiving people that maybe you don't have contact with or you don't know what they're thinking or you don't know their perspective, you don't know their story, but they've done something to you that has shaped you and you're not sure that they're sorry or that they even know that they hurt you. I'm not speaking on trauma. I'm speaking about forgiveness. And I'm also speaking about taking responsibility for your role in the whole story. Because if you're the hero and that person is the villain, then you are just as much part of the story and those scars as anybody else. If you've ever seen the movie Megamind, just as I'm speaking about this, the movie Megamind keeps popping up. And if you've never seen it, it's really adorable. Will Ferrell is in it. Um, it's just, it's super cute. And um, it's about a, a, a villain and a hero and how the lines get blurred sometimes when you get to know who the villain really is and the hero. Um, and sometimes it's not always who we think and sometimes there's misunderstandings and, um, and it's just, it's, it kind of is aligned with what I'm talking about. So if you've never seen it, check it out. Um, but the one thing that, that comes up about Megamind in particular in regards to this is that um, at the end of the movie, we, you end up cheering and rooting for an unlikely character. And when you start the movie, you're not thinking that you're going to be rooting for this character to win. But upon learning and upon giving forgiveness for the misunderstandings, you actually do. You root for the unsuspecting character. So with this epiphany, guys, playing, playing the, the role in this story, I want to share with you, I just recently um, got my Ho'oponopono certification. And for those of you that have no idea what that is, that'll be a different episode. All you need to know is Ho'oponopono is the Hawaiian word that translates to make things right. It literally means to create something that is correct or to make things right or to make the wrong right. And it's a Hawaiian belief that uh, the phrase is, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, and thank you, hold tremendous power in shaping and shifting our energetic, fre- our energetic frequencies. A lot of what we tell ourselves, a lot of this blame that we stay in, a lot of this stuff that we want other people to be held accountable for, it doesn't do anything but make our frequencies heavy, makes our vibration heavy and dark and cloudy. It's a lot to walk around with scars. If you think about it, if you legitimately had a scar on your body for every time that somebody crossed you, every time that something had happened to you, you'd probably be covered. Most people I know don't go through life unscathed. But after a while, that challenges your beauty. 
If somebody said, I have this scar removal cream so that we can see your face again or we can see your arm again or we can see your, your shoulder or your leg or your foot again. If it were covered in scars, you might want to buy that miracle cream to remove those scars so that you could once again be restored to clarity and smoothness and beauty. And when you give wholeheartedly forgiveness to the situation, you can do just that for yourself. So doing Ho'oponopono, there's a lot of stuff about taking responsibility for the situations that you've been in and the parts of your story that you don't like, including the, sto- the parts of your story where the villain is present. Or in my case, when the quote-unquote villain, biological father, does not stay or is not involved. Ho'oponopono asks you to take a look at what your role is in that. Why did that happen? And maybe you can't answer that question. I know I certainly at 10 years old couldn't answer that question. And I certainly can't now. I don't know exactly why that happened. But I do know that I have to take responsibility for my role in that situation. That's bravery. That's strength. And let me tell you, it feels a lot better. And it feels a lot lighter than years ago when I wrote that letter in a fury. And my aunt said, don't send this. And today I'm so grateful that I didn't. Because what purpose would it have served? My intuition tells me nothing. No purpose. Because we can try and try and try all we want to get people to see our perspective. We can try all we want to get people to understand how they hurt us. But again, like I tell my students, they are living under a different lens. They are looking through life They're looking at life through a different lens. They are not you. My biological father, although genetically he may be half of me or I may be half of him or however that goes, whatever, we share DNA. We are not the same person. And my perspective is going to be completely different from his. So we walk around with these scars and we hold all of their stories willing to tell people all the time. But I realized that I had to take responsibility for my role. I had to ask myself if I wanted to continue to wear these scars or if I wanted to heal them over. And I realized, guys, I had this huge shift in me that in order to change my future, in order to change the story that I'm about to tell, Years from now, I have to change my past. I have to change the story I keep telling people. Instead of saying, oh yeah, I grew up, my mom was a single mom and my biological father didn't stay. Instead of repeating the story from that scar. Instead of staying in victim mode. Yeah, I, he, he didn't, he didn't want to be involved. I didn't live with him. I didn't see him after I was 10 years old. Instead of staying in anger, I'm going to write him a letter. I'm going to tell him exactly what he has done. I'm going to let him know all these things that he's missed out on. And instead of all of that, I'm taking responsibility for myself and my role. 
And just like J.K. Rowling says, at some point, there is that expiration date on blaming your parents for things. When we become adults, we have the choice to stay in those scars or to give wholeheartedly forgiveness to ourselves and to that situation and move forward. And through Ho'oponopono, through that teaching of understanding what your role is, I, I really think that that assisted with my shift. I realize also that this is not for everyone. I know that there's going to be some people listening to this going, I just don't understand. He was wrong to not have taken care of his child. He is an adult. He has responsibilities. Yes, I've bet everything that you could possibly think <laughs> listening to this episode, guys, I have thought. I've lived it. But I'm tired of telling the story, you know? I'm tired of showing the scar. It hasn't served me. It's, it's prohibiting me from stepping into the fullness of my potential, Because when you grow up not knowing your genetic history on one side of the family or you grow up knowing that, you know, this person exists but they don't talk to you or knowing that you have siblings from this person and you know a little bit here and there and it it can be very damaging to the psyche to go through your whole life thinking that 50% of you is wandering around out there lost. Half of who you are is out there wandering around and you don't know why it hasn't returned to you. I understand on a very intellectual level, yes, you have a responsibility as a parent. That's why I wrote that that letter in a fury. But I understand on a deeper level, on a soul level, that holding on to that hurt, always wondering or wanting to blame or wanting to get a sorry from someone does more damage because you walk around with a hole. And I want to fill that gap with forgiveness. I forgive myself for walking around thinking that I am less than because this person wasn't involved. I'm giving myself I'm forgiving myself for walking around thinking that I'm 50% of a person because I can't identify with my paternal side. I'm done walking around thinking that I have this past, this scar or this 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 victimhood that's a piece of me. I'm not a victim. I'm blessed to lead a very good life. And I want to live it wholeheartedly. So I'm going to give myself the forgiveness to do that. Give my past the forgiveness to do that. And to give my biological father forgiveness so that I can do that. And, and as I record this, I have no idea if he's sorry. I have no idea if he lays awake at night thinking, what have I missed? My intuition tells me he doesn't. With all of our technology, it's not that hard to find people, right? We internet stalk all the time, I'm sure. (laughs) You don't want to admit to it, but you do. We all do, right? 
But I don't want to stay in that victimhood anymore. That's not strength. Strength is saying, I forgive this and I'm moving past it. And I want to leave you with this because like I said, this is not easy for everyone. I understand that there's going to be people listening to this that really don't agree with me. And that's okay. Some people need their scars. They like them. They get used to them, right? Everybody has fallen off their bike once and gotten a skinned knee or a scar from something. It's kind of fun to show people. It's like, yeah, this, this was from back when I was, you know, riding my bike up that hill. And, and it, you know, it's a conversation starter. But for me, it was starting to feel like a cage. Like I couldn't step into the fullness of who I am because I had this missing link from my past. Like I had to always think, what would this person say if they knew about my life? And I'm not superhuman. These thoughts will still pop up. They'll still float to the surface of my consciousness. And usually it's at the most random times. I'll be tying my shoe to go outside and I'll think, hmm, I wonder what this person would think about the fact that I started my master's. And I'm sure that those thoughts will continue to surface because we're human. But they'll surface in a way for me that's not painful anymore because I'll no longer have that blame and that victimhood and that wanting justification and that wanting an explanation and wanting a sorry. I'm not going to have that, that level of anger that I had. I won't feel misunderstood or most importantly, I will not feel incomplete. And I don't anymore. Maybe it's the whole pono pono. Maybe it's the shift in my heart. Either way, it's inspiring and it's uplifting. And it has changed how I carry myself. And it will change my future story for the better. So I'm going to leave you with this. And I hope that this spoke to you. I hope that there's somebody in your life that has been that ever-present energy, something that they did or said that you can't let go of, a scar that they've given you, whether they know it or not. I hope that this inspires you to not need the sorry I hope that this reminds you that you can move forward into your future by accepting that it happened, accepting that you were part of it, that there's their perspective and there's your perspective, and that in order for your heart to be whole again, you have to give forgiveness to it and not need that sorry. Most people never get that sorry. I hope that you don't want to stay in victimhood and in blame because there is an expiration date on how much we can blame other people for the life that we're living now. Ho'oponopono also says that everything you could think of, even in this present moment, it's based on a memory and a memory is already gone. So I ask you, are you going to step into your future or are you going to stay in the stories of your scars. I hope that you choose forgiveness 
because it truly is a gift that you give yourself. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. Let me call you sweetheart. I'm in love. Hey there, sweethearts. Thank you for joining me here on Sweetheart Soul Sessions podcast, where we go from feeling a void to feeling validated, and we go from feeling grumpy to grateful. Be sure to keep your inspiration going by checking out Sweetheart Soul Sessions on Facebook. And now get ready because your session is about to start.